In this episode of The Voices in My Head, I talk with Denny Pierce about his backbreaking job as a stuntman. Yeah, Denny's fine, even though that's him in the car crashing into a parked car at a high speed and rolling it over. And... Cut! And this is him again in the police car. You'll see him right here smashing, oh, there it is, into a parked car. Denny does this for a living. He gets paid to play, serious play, as a stuntman. Welcome to the Voices in My Head. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, my pleasure, Greg. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you. I think we, uh, we go back a couple of decades. You remember the first time we met when you were my stunt double? My, I think it was my first job in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pensacola, Wings of Gold. Good memory. Do you remember the stunt? Uh, I do. I, I was a... Uh, you were a sniper, I believe, on a roof of a... Uh, on a roof in a park. Yes, on a park across from a school. I was uh, Alan Fane, a terrorist from the IRA. Right. And, uh, and then uh, I got shot and fell off the roof for you. Like you do. Um, <laughs> so you're a stuntman, second unit director, stunt coordinator. When did you start... Um, when did you get into the business? How did you get into the business? I know you're from Anchorage, Alaska. You came to Hollywood. I know the tradition of, of uh, stunt, uh, getting into the stunt world is hustling. Do you remember your first hustle or your I most do. important hustle? Yeah, yeah. My, 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 my favorite hustle would be uh, I went to hustle my idol, Terry Leonard, who I had hustled before. Uh, but I, I went to hustle him on a show he was coordinating called, uh, Hunter. And, uh, I got there at, I happened to be 12 noon or 10 to 12 and went to the guard gate said, Hey, is Mr. Leonard working today? And he checks the call sheet. He said, should be here in about 10 minutes is call times noon. So I went back across the street and I sat in my car and waited like a stalker almost. <laughs> and uh, about one o'clock, he shows up. So I know he's late for work. 
I get out of my car. I meet him as he's walking across the street. And I said, said should put my hand out and said, hi, Mr. Leonard, Denny Pierce. Just wanted to introduce myself. I know you're late. Have a great day. And I turned to walk away. And he took a step or two and he uh, stopped and he said, what's your name again? And I said, Denny Pierce. He said, I like the way you hustle. I'm going to hire you. And uh, shortly after that, he called me up and uh, hired me on a movie called Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Wonderful. And then that, that, that must have got the ball rolling in terms of uh, work and more work and connections. And uh, I remember you telling me there was, there was a stunt that you, I think it was you did, you did a stunt on the Goonies that was similar to a clothesline or was the clothesline. T t tell me about that and how that affected your career. Because I think that you, you made that your signature move, didn't you? Well, yeah, what happened was I actually, it was another show I was hustling, The Goonies. And uh, a dear friend of mine, Spiro Rosados, was uh, doubling Joey Pantalone and walking across a, a wet log chasing the kids with a gun and a, and a flashlight in his hand. And he's supposed to act like he slips. And he, he so he slips and throws a three-quarter backflip and lands on the log. And that just got me thinking how it'd be neat if you were running at someone and they, they sidestepped you, hit you with a chair, or they ridge-armed you with their arm, and, uh, and you did a, and a, the guy would do a three-quarter gainer, which is like a backflip while running forward. And uh, I, I was trying, I tried to pitch that left and right, and I finally got a friend to hire me in a bar fight on Married with Children. And, uh, we and Gene LaBelle, who's a legend in the stunt industry, uh, what played a, a drunk guy who clotheslines me, and I do this gainer, and uh, that that led to a job on Best of the Best Two, and then all of a sudden, all these different coordinators wanted me to do this gainer in different fight scenes, and. Uh, uh, and my friend Spiro, who gave me the inspiration for that gag, uh, I talked him into having me do it down a concrete flight of steps, which I still think I'm the only one who has done it down a concrete flight of steps to this date. But uh, I got a lot of work because I was the only guy who did it. And, uh, and uh, now every, almost every stunt kid, at least 90% of them all have that in their uh, stunt bag. And you're you're a very versatile stuntman as well. It's not just the, the 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 combat stunts or the falls or the fights. You you do a lot of driving stunts. Here we see you. Um, oh, good grief! That's I think this is from Fast and Furious Seven. Oh, that's right towards camera. That's you in the driver's seat, right? Driving into a parked car. Yes, sir. Yeah, that would be me, Greg. I'm a good loser. As, as they say, you know, it's, you know, some people are winners in life and I, I, I've been able to make a career out of losing. <laughs> what are you, what are you thinking when you're driving? That moment of impact is coming. What do you, are you bracing yourself? Are you leaning into the, the crash itself and excited about that moment of impact? No, wait, when, you, when you're doing a car crash, 
you're you're so well buckled in you've taken the precautions you got the roll cage and everything and uh, you got your helmet on it's it's more you're focused on hitting your mark whatever that mark may be um because it could be a a, a car crash where you which is called a cannon where a piston comes out of the bottom of the car and causes you to roll over or in this uh particular uh sequence i'm hitting ramps that get me above the frame of the car and, and i i basically plow through that car which causes the car to react a certain way depending on how i set the ramps up and so with like uh, this one here in, in in i think this is fast and furious seven again you're in the police car and oof that 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 ramp is is positioned to for you to on the moment of impact to go to the right and and the car will and, and cause the car to roll roll over yeah. yeah yeah there's a little bit of physics in it but uh and on how you set up those ramps to make that happen and i uh, see i see there's a couple of cameras going on here there's one a crane and how many how many cameras in that particular shot maybe five or six no i think there was seven or eight mm. a couple long lenses a couple a drone IMOs, uh, we had uh, uh, some cranes, we had a few different things going on in that shot. And for those who don't know, an IMO is, it's, it's a camera that's in a, a steel, uh, a frame crash to protect housing. it, a crash housing, right, that protects it. So no matter what happens, you can retrieve the camera and the footage inside it, right? That is correct, yes. So yes. Uh, you're, that's, well, uh, you put a camera in a crash housing when you want it as close to the action and uh, but but realize that it may get hit and uh, you want to preserve the footage and the camera they the uh, pro uh, the movie uh, production companies kind of get upset when you start breaking cameras this particular clip here is is this some um, is this fast and furious again yeah that would be fast and furious again uh there's and, and a, how, how fast is the, this this vehicle going is it, it like 20 uh, 25 mile an hour yeah the driver said we were going 27. 27 and no head protection right i mean that, no. although although you want to protect the head that's the that's the primary part of your anatomy that you want to protect right as a stuntman absolutely that's the last thing you want to damage so so you um so you develop ways of hitting the ground so so your head doesn't hit the ground at all. Now how much preparation goes into a stunt like that? I mean you can't you can't rehearse the jumping out of the vehicle at 27 miles an hour, can you? No, no, that wouldn't be possible. It, it, you know, if you're going to rehearse something like that it's you know, you want to tell them just make sure you're rolling cameras cuz this might be the only one you get. Um so uh you really practice that stationary and you find out what works for you to absorb the impact as you hit the ground and you got to think about how your body's going to react going at you know 25 27 miles an hour and and be prepared to uh have your body in the right position for that and it takes a tremendous amount of trust i know in the in the stunt world there's a a great camaraderie amongst everyone in in, in the stunt world and you have to trust uh, have there been any situations where 
you've been a lot a little unsure about a stunt or not quite fully a hundred percent that it's that it's safe and you've doubted a little bit in it and the consequences from that no not really uh, as far as uh fellow stuntmen because we're we're all we all have the same goal in mind it's sometimes like i i've been uh uh sent to the burn center by a, a special effects guy what, and, what, what was that on and how did that happen uh that was on a, a low budget movie and and uh i'm basically hitting a device called an air ramp where i step on it and it's filled with air and it catapults me off a roof and i fall like 15 feet to a catcher 20 feet to a catcher and a catcher uh, being boxes or yeah it being being a porta pits which are big uh two foot pads uh airbag or in this case it was cardboard boxes which uh surprising surprisingly can be quite comfortable and <laughs> and uh the the special effects guys he was thinking about what he thought would look best for camera and i'm thinking about what would keep me safe in the uh in the action of the stunt and i and the gentleman pointed the uh the bomb at the air ramp and when i step on the air ramp it 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 sets off the bomb and i argued with them and told them you can't do that you know and and he guaranteed me that the flame would not go past the uh air ramp and i just got tired of arguing which was my bad and uh lesson learned and uh i when i stepped on i got wrapped up with fire and uh i was as um protected as I could be. I had some gel on my hands and face and I had Nomex underwear on just in case. But I, I wasn't actually supposed to be in the fire. I came out of the flame, uh, out of the fireball on fire and, uh, and took a little trip to the burn center. But other than that, it was good. How long before you were, you were deflamed? The flames were put out. I mean, did you, is there a protocol that you know to go to? Do you lie down, roll? Does the stunt coordinator come out and? Yeah, no, no, we have safety around my catcher. So in, in, in case something like that happens. So they threw a blanket over me, put out, uh, my leg was on fire. Um, and uh, they put that out quickly and I got out of the boxes and, you know, and, uh, one of those things they wanted to take me one place and I knew the best uh, uh, hospital for fire burns, which is the Grossman Burn Center in my personal opinion. So I wouldn't go with the uh, ambulance. I, I, I said, I, I'm going here. So they got upset, but, but that's okay. I signed a piece of paper. Be they made me sign a piece of paper before I left. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, I guess you, you 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 accepted responsibility for giving in in that argument with the effects guy about at, where at, that would be placed, but you weren't going to do that a second time with where you were going to be taken to get to get repaired. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I wasn't giving up that argument, but uh, and I shouldn't have given up the first argument. I take I take responsibility for that. It you know it shouldn't have happened. 
Yeah, it's tough. Danny, you've worked on Captain America Civil War, uh, Mission Impossible franchises, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, this clip is, I think this is um, Venom, right? And this is you and your son. You're, you're on a, you're, you're, you're crashing back. Oh, there you go. That's backbreaking work going into the wall. <laughs> Explain a little bit about this stunt. You're on a wire that pulls you back? Yeah, it's called a ratchet. And I'm on a wire that, that my, my son and I are on, on two separate wires connected to the same piston and, and it pulls us back. And uh, in the scene, the SWAT team comes in to arrest Tom Hardy. And he morphs into Venom, starts taking out all the uh, SWAT guys. And he picks up a knock guy, swings him. You don't see it in this particular clip but he hits me and my son in the chest and we go flying back. My son goes over the uh, desk and, and I don't quite make it over. I just get to hit it. <laughs> Do you still get the same excitement with doing stunts today that you did when you first started? I, I do, and, and it's, it's strange. It's all about, you know, you're, in, I always have said that, that uh, you're as good as your last job in the stunt business. And uh, so I take a lot of pride in it. And I, I really enjoy doing a good, a good job and hitting the ground well. And, you know, hitting the ground well when it doesn't, isn't about you sometimes is important to understand as well. You know, you got to realize what the story's about and, and what it works out best for the story. And, uh, you know, and that comes in collaboration, collaborating with the stunt coordinator and the director and, and all that. So when you, talking of collaboration and the creative and taking what's on the page and putting it on the screen in terms of action, um, if you are coordinating a stunt or a stunt and you read a script, how do you take um, that stunt? How do you plan that stunt from page to screen? It's a collaborative effort. You'll film, will you choreograph it, film for the director, show the director some, some footage. He'll give his notes back and forth until you actually are ready to film it. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, the way it works, a lot of times, you know, the, uh, the written page won't be all that descriptive, you know, and a fight breaks out and a car chase breaks out. And a lot of times as a stunt coordinator or second unit director, we'll kind of write the action sequence and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk it over with the director and, and, uh, and then, then when it comes to fight sequences, we, we will do what's called a pre-vis, which is a pre-visualization. We'll film a fight scene and uh, do our best to show angles that we think that, that help enhance the fight. And uh, the director will look at it, make notes, and uh, tell us what he doesn't like and what he does like, and, uh, and we'll, We'll collaborate, get together, and make hopefully some great uh, movie magic. Do you have a mentor? Do you have someone that shepherded you through 
along the way or are there many mentors that you've had? There really are many mentors I've had. Um, uh, my biggest mentor would, I would have to say, as far as directing goes, would be uh, Spiro Rosados, and, uh, who is just a phenomenal director and uh, has helped me out immensely. I, I, he had me finish up second unit directing on Fast and Furious 6 um, and uh, then had me take over for his, uh, who I believe is the best stunt coordinator in the business, Andy Gill, because Andy went off to prep um, monster trucks. So I took over for a month of coordinating Fast and Furious 7. So, um, and talking to monster trucks, is this you flying towards camera here with, in one of these? Which monster truck are you in? The one on the right yeah. or the left? No, I'm on right. the one on the right. I'm in the bad guy truck. As usual, I'm losing once again. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that was a tricky one. Um, they, they wanted me to hit a boulder and, and, and basically turn it over um like it did although you can't hit a real boulder and really know what's going to happen so we've got some jersey barriers and the um when i got there from fast and furious seven the uh there's a a great young uh special effects man who whose father was a great special effects man and named jd schwam and he pulled me aside and he let me know that he was worried about hitting these Jersey barriers, which were uh, 2,500 pounds a piece and, and everything. He, and and uh, I was going to hit like four of them, three or four of them. And uh, he, he, he was concerned about it. And uh, so we put our heads together and I told him, I assured him it would be okay. I said, what we do is we'll put them on some, a steel plate. So that, that'll, that'll get them to move. They won't dig in the dirt, but they'll still slow me up and, and cause the uh, reaction we want from the truck. And it worked out. Hmm. So, so for those interested, take us through, you're working on, say you're working on Mission Impossible or Fast and Furious 7, 6, big, big huge movie. And you're there for a, a, an on location you would get on a, on a regular day the you get a call time the night before would you receive the sides and sides are for those people who don't know are um small uh printout on paper of the scenes that you're filming the next day would you receive the sides what what you'd get your call time you would prepare what time would you likely be on set what would you do be doing on set who would you be working with on a particular stunt to prepare for it um just talk us through a, a typical day on a big movie um uh, well generally after a day of working on set um at the end of the day when you sign out you you would get which a is called when you're wrapped right when you're wrapped yes sir and, and you'd get a call sheet and uh, you get this call sheet and uh, it would basically let you know what 
what's going on. The stunt coordinator, if you get, if I'm doing a car crash the next day, or I, I'm like jumped to the ground at 25 miles an hour, getting hit by a car, something like that, the, the coordinator would also make sure you bring everything you need, you're doing this tomorrow. Um, and, uh, you know, but it'll, it'll basically on the call sheet tell you the scenes you're shooting and, uh, and who's involved in them. And uh, then sometimes you just know, okay, or, or the stunt coordinator, if I'm coordinating, I'll be like, hey, don't forget to bring your fire suit. I need you to safety for the car crash we're doing tomorrow and that kind of thing. Oh, it's a fascinating, the call sheets have, a, have a, an amazing amount of information on them. They have what, what time the sun is coming up. They have obviously the director, the unit production manager produces uh, the time, your call time. Um, has the cast numbers the cast will have numbers attached to their character and their name the scene uh, numbers the the local hospital the crew parking um, the props required a tremendous amount and then and then an advanced schedule for the following day at the bottom so there's a tremendous amount of information all on one page put together by um, usually the first and so the, the first and second ads in in conjunction with each other because the first AD is usually on set with the with the director and the second ADs back in the in the trailer working on that schedule and getting the prelim ready. So you show up on set and you're about to do a stunt. Are you with, say if it's with a crew, a team of other stunt people, are you prepping the stunt? Are you there's a lot of behind the scenes work goes on before the director will then come with a camera and um, and and film that stunt, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and and when I'm personally the one doing the stunt, you know, uh, or anyone in our team, we'll go and we'll make sure the cage is the way we want it to be, uh, which we've already prepped with the special effects. We'll just make sure what we notes we made have been done. Um, and then, you know, if you need a particular platform to jump off of because of whatever's happening in the scene, we'll make sure that that is done right. And the grips are amazing guys who just do miraculous, miraculous things. When you say the grips, for those who don't know, grips are? Grips, grips are the uh, guys who basically put everything together. You have lighting grips who bring C stands and flags to help the best boy get the lighting right. You have rigging grips who, who, who will put up the green screens as well as build the platforms. Uh, they're, they're kind of um, jack of all trades to a certain extent. Yeah, master of some. Do you have yeah. any good Hollywood stories? Uh, I, I do have a couple hot, uh, good Hollywood stories. Uh, my favorite Hollywood story, or my best, I should say, um, is. 1998 and uh i'm working on a dolph lundgren picture and i'm playing a i i'm playing a security guard in an airport hangar and i'm gonna get shot and killed and uh this assistant director comes up with this um actor as i'm talking to another stunt guy who's playing a guard who's gonna get killed as well and we're we're gonna be some protecting this fake uh, stealth bomber. And uh, 
the, the assistant director walks up with this actor and he says, wait here, we're gonna be going in a few minutes. And the actor's like, hey, how you guys doing? My name's Roger. And I'm like, hi, Roger, nice to meet you, I'm Denny. And my buddy's like, hey, David, nice to meet you. And, and my, my friend David said, uh, where are you from? Because he had a heavy Southern accent. And, uh, and uh, he's like, oh, I live down in Redondo Beach. And I said, oh, that's where you get your Southern accent from, from South LA, huh? You know, and we all laughed. And he, he, he's like, oh, no, originally I'm from Arkansas. And my grandfather was from Arkansas, right? And this is 1998. So I'm like, oh, did you hear they didn't find any DNA on the blue dress? And he's like, no. I said, yeah. They said everyone in Arkansas has the same DNA. <laughs> and, uh, and then I told my oral office jokes. I just kind of really had a lot of fun with, with everything that was going on, the political climate there, telling a bunch of jokes. I get shot. My buddy gets shot. Now we're going to shoot this actor. And uh, we're put, we put some elbow pads on him and, and some knee pads. And, and I walk over to my boss and I'm standing next to him as in case he needs anything and waiting for the scene to be shot. And uh, the assistant director said, okay, let's get Mr. Clinton in here. And I looked at my boss, I'm like, is that Roger Clinton? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I just laughed and had to walk away. Found the other stunt guys. And I'm like, do you guys know who that actor is? I just told all my Bill Clinton jokes to. That's Roger Clinton, Bill Clinton's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Did they know? <laughs> no, none of the stunt guys knew. And how was Roger when you worked with him? Was he oh, okay? He, he was fantastic. And of right. course, now I feel horrible. You know, making fun of someone's brother is, is, is just not very cool. And, uh, and we go to get our pads back and uh, I just couldn't let it go. And I'm like, hey, Roger, I said, I really apologize if I offended you. I didn't realize you were Bill's brother. I, I, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh no, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I said, no, I didn't, honest. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, I've heard them all. I've heard them all. Matter of fact, I'll tell you an Arkansas joke. And he said, but before I do, do you know what Bill did before he became president? And I said, he was governor. And he's like, right, right. Now this Arkansas joke, how do you slow down the women in Arkansas? And I said, uh, I don't know. He said, you put a governor on him. <laughs> and, and then I took a Polaroid picture with them and he signed it, thanks for the jokes, Roger Clinton. Oh, it sounds like he had a good sense of humor. He really it did. Bring, it brings it home when you, you know, we all, we all like to make fun and we, you know, we talk about, you know, political figures and movie stars and royalty and there's a dehumanizing aspect to it. But that, that, that must have brought it home, no matter what your political opinion, that we're all human beings and we all have. We, we all just want to provide for our families, have a good, good, good laugh, and, and just enjoy life. Usually on the show, I, I ask uh, a, a couple of deeper philosophical questions. So I'm going to go there right now. 
Um, one of the questions yeah, I asked. So you yes. know, you could be in the shallow end of the pool, but give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say, Denny, is the meaning of your life? The meaning of my life, I I believe, is my family. You know, I I think um, there's nothing more important. So, uh, you know, providing for them, uh, giving them ambition, helping them find ambition, helping them find their way, uh, whether it be my kids or, or uh, you know, my wife is an incredible uh, support person for me. And, uh, and uh, I know I wouldn't be as successful without her. So, um, you know. So thank you, Karen. Yes, thank you, Karen, very much. Mm. If you could write your epitaph, what would you want it to say? Ooh, that's a tough one. It, uh, uh, a man who made uh, losing a, an art. You have a restaurant which I was lucky enough to go to recently. It's wonderful, great atmosphere, great food. What's the name of the place? Uh, Quincy Street, LTD. And where is it? Where is Quin Quincy uh, Street? Quincy Street is uh, at Silver Strand Beach in Oxnard, California. So if people want to see you, pop in, have a conversation with you, that's where they'll find you most nights, is that on, unless you're on a movie set or on location? Yes, sir. It's like... I, I'm usually there if I'm not working. And you know, cool. we're, on, we're only open for dinner, so it, you know, it, otherwise it'd be a real job, and I have a real job that, that takes up a lot of my time. So, uh, you know, don't come for lunch or breakfast. <laughs> well, I can attest to the food. The calamari is particularly good and unique. Um, so in terms of jo jobs and work and movies, is there an unfulfilled ambition? Is there a, a, an actor you want to work with, someone you want to double? I mean, you've doubled quite a few. Who have you doubled? Um, um, I, I've uh, doubled quite a spectrum of people. Um, I've been fortunate early in my career. I doubled Robert Downey Jr. I, I've doubled uh, Edward Norton. Um, I, I, on Fast and Furious 5, Somehow they CG'd me and and put in Vin, but I doubled Vin Diesel, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, yourself, Greg Ellis, you know. Um, I've been fortunate to really work with a lot of great actors and and great people, more importantly, and um, and it, you know, I don't I don't know that I have an ambition to work with any particular person. Um, when I hopefully get my script written, I think that would be more of a, uh, a, a thought process for me about who would I like to work with in, on this show and create these characters. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that script being written. I'm looking forward to seeing the next stunt that you perform in a big movie, a smaller movie, a TV show. Danny, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. 
on the voices in my head. And um, really, really, I'm really blessed to know you. It's an honor to have worked with you the amount of times that I have. You're a great guy, such a professional, and you always have a great attitude and a smile on your face. Thank you, Danny Pierce. Uh, Greg, it, it, the honor is all mine. And, uh, and come May uh, 2020, Fast and Furious 8, you'll get a chance to see me on all over the place. Falling and crashing. <laughs> Look forward to it, Danny. Thank you. You're right. well, my friend. Great seeing you. You too. Thank you very much, Greg.